Thank you, Barbara, for that beautiful prayer. I love that idea of having blank pages every single day for us to write not just our story, but God's story for us on. Happy New Year! And welcome to worship. Uh, Can you believe that it is 2023? Can you believe that? Do you ever wonder where all the years have gone? My grandmother used to tell me that the older that you got, the faster time seemed to pass. And I didn't understand that when she told me that. But uh, I do understand it now. Some of you may not understand it now, but you will come a little bit more time. I've recently been reflecting on our journey together as a church. Before I go there, though, we lit the, the candles today because Christ is with us. And all that he brings is here now, even in the midst of all the the hurts and the pain and the suffering that might be going on in your life. He is with us. And so I went ahead and lit every one of those candles just so we, again, have a visual reminder of the light of Christ and all that it brings to us for the journey ahead. Yeah. Okay, so... Back to to the message. I've recently been reflecting on our journey together as a church. I came here in the summer of of 2014. Let me, oh, I'm not not that old. (laughs) Sometimes I'm beginning to feel it. Many of you may know my call into ministry. It wasn't something that I had planned, and it certainly was not something that I felt prepared for or qualified for. I had never dreamed of being a pastor, but God called. And with much fear and trepidation, I answered his call. There was a popular song back then, and it became my personal theme song. The name of the song was Oceans. And I'd like to share the words of that song with you. Now, I've asked the praise team, and Dan bless his heart, You know, it's one of those things when God wakes you up in the morning and there's a song in your heart and you go, okay, that's supposed to be a part of this message today. Dan's going to play along with me as I read the words of the song. So we've not practiced this, so bear with us if we aren't quite in tune with each other, right, Dan? But here we go. So listen closely to the words of this song. You call me out upon the waters. The great unknown where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand. And I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace for I am yours and you are mine your grace abounds in deepest waters your sovereign hand will be my guide where feet may fail and fear surrounds me you've never failed and you won't start now 
So I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours and you are mine. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. And I will call upon your name. Keep my eyes above the waves. My soul will rest in your embrace. I am yours, and you are mine. The words of that song spoke deeply to my soul then, as it still does to this very day. I almost had a hard time reading it. As we reflect back on our individual pasts and futures and on our collective past and future as a church, there are two questions that I'd like you all to ponder with me. The first one is, Where are you? And the second one is, what do you want? Two simple questions, but two very important questions for us to ponder. This coming Friday is known as the Epiphany of the Lord. The word epiphany means manifestation or revelation. And it's commonly linked in the Western Christianity, in the Western church, with the visit of the wise man to the Christ child, the Magi. Through the Magi, Christ revealed himself to the Gentiles. Way back in Genesis 12, when Abram was first called by God, he was told by God, and this is Genesis 12, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in all the families of the earth shall be, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now Abram answered God's call, although it was vague. Go from this place to a place I will show you. I don't know about you, but I'd have a little bit of trouble of going where he doesn't, where I don't know. He's leading me. Anybody else have trouble with that? God's call was vague to Abraham. God didn't tell him how or even where he was going. But through Abram, God had chosen the Jewish nation to be in relationship with him. They were to be sustained by this relationship. It was meant to be a relationship that was life-giving. The Jewish people were to be a light unto the world. But like most of us do at times, the Jewish people turn to their own ways. Instead of focusing on their relationship with God and letting him lead and guide their actions, they focused on developing a religious system that became more about controlling behavior. 
And as a result, the rules became more important than compassionate relationship. So God had to get the people's attention again and bring them back into relationship. And what better way than to enter into humanity as a tiny baby? One who would experience the world as one of us, yet one who was not who was not only fully human, but was fully divine. One who would point us to the Father. One who could show us how to live and love with truth and grace. So God opened the way for the world to be blessed in another way, by sending his son, Emmanuel, God with us. But this did not come without difficulties. Join me as we read today's scripture from Matthew 2, verses 13 to 23. Hear the word of God. When they had gone, the Magi, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is coming to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were under two years of age in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel, weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up. Take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. And when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear most gracious God, um, Lord, we thank you that you work in this world even in the midst of difficulties, even in the midst of heartache and pain, that Your light is there. Emmanuel came. He has been here. He is with us through his Holy Spirit. And Lord, whatever we're dealing with, you are here. Help us to realize that, Lord. Help us to sit with you. Here, now. And it is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen. 
As I reflected on this scripture, I couldn't help but think about how God's movement in the lives of Mary and Joseph impacted not only their life, but the lives of others too. From the time of that first visit, that angel visiting Mary, things would never be the same. With the good news came lots of trials, lots of challenges, and lots of opportunities, along with many blessings. First, with that birth announcement to Mary, we're told in Luke 1, 30-33, that an angel, angel appeared to Mary and told her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord of God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. It struck me that those first words from God were, Do not be afraid. Do some of us need to hear those same words today? God knows our tendency to allow fear to rule our hearts. So throughout scripture, Old and New Testament alike, he tells us over and over and over, do not be afraid, trust in me. And then comes Mary's response, how can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answers her in Luke one thirty-five. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then we see the faithfulness of Mary in her response in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Isn't it interesting that Mary didn't even stop to think, what about me? What's everybody going to think? How did she answer those two questions? Where are you and what do you want? She answered, here I am. I want to do what you're calling me to do, Lord. Her desire was to please God and answer his call for her. And then we have Joseph and his predicament. When Joseph found out that Mary was with child, he thought that Mary had been unfaithful to him. And we're told in Matthew 1.9 that he was a faithful man, yet he had compassion and didn't want to expose Mary to public disgrace. So he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But Joseph also had a visit from an angel who told him in verses 20 to 21, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary. She will give birth and you will give him the name of Jesus because he will save his people. The angel explained that the the child she was carrying was from the Holy Spirit. There it is again, do not be afraid. The angel told Joseph that Jesus would save his people from
from their sins. And we see Joseph, like Mary, thinking beyond himself and focusing on the others. How did he answer those two questions? Where are you? And what do you want? He answered just as Mary did. Here I am. I want to do what you're calling me to, Lord. Joseph did what the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home as his his wife. And then there were those other things that happened that were pretty unsettling. They had to travel to Bethlehem with her very pregnant. Then they couldn't find a place to stay, so Jesus was born in a stable. And then there were visitations, first by shepherds, and later by Magi. Now, none of these occurrences were what one would desire when coming to the birth of your first child. Yet Mary and Joseph remained faithful. Why? For the sake of others. They had been told that this baby is the one who will redeem and free his people. This baby is not just for Mary and Joseph. And then there comes another challenge, as if it wasn't hard enough for Jesus to be born away from home. The angel comes again with a warning. Trouble's brewing. Herod is looking for the infant Jesus to kill the newborn king. You see, some things never change. We live in a fallen world full of conflict. All over the world, there are people protesting something, even in China. They realize that life is not as it should or could be. War is being raged in Ukraine with many casualties. People are defending their homeland against others who are fighting to take possession of the land. People are fleeing from their homes, not only in Ukraine, but other countries as well, looking for a better place to live with opportunities for a better life. There are many senseless acts of violence occurring every day. The world into which our Redeemer, the Messiah, was born was just like our fallen world. Fallen and riddled with violence and the actions and consequences of sin. Evil does indeed exist in this world, now just as it did back then. So when the angel appears to Joseph in a dream, instructing him to take the child to Egypt and to stay there until he received further instructions, what did Joseph do? Mary and Joseph became refugees. They left their homeland. And they were living far away from home. And they did this to protect the promised one, their infant son, Jesus. Even though Jesus escapes... Many suffer as the result of the evil acts of Herod. Innocent blood is spilled. Herod, because of his fear of this new king, tries to undermine the plans of God. But because the Messiah has escaped, there is promise of eventual comfort. Emmanuel, God with us, even in the midst of suffering. There are many among us today who are suffering. 
How can we experience that hope, that joy, that peace in the midst of our pain and suffering? We can remember that God is with us, working even in the worst that humankind can do. God provides for those who turn to him. He provides strength, comfort, hope, healing, peace, joy, love. Nothing can defeat God's promise of Emmanuel, God with us, not even death on a cross. With God's power, Jesus conquered death and he brought new life to those who believe in him. We can face the trials of this lifetime because Jesus has given us the spirit to comfort, lead, guide us in all things. You know, Jesus is all about relationship. He came that we might know God, not know about God, but we might know God. When we come to know God, to know his heart for those that he created, we can't help but love what he loved. And as we follow Jesus, we receive that new life that was promised through his Holy Spirit. And we recognize that life is not just about us. Life is about all of those around us. Some of whom don't know Jesus yet. Those who are hurting but have no comforter. As we gather today at the beginning of a new year, let's focus on the new life that has been given to us. A life made possible because we have a God who loves, comforts, and wants to guide us past our fears. When we focus on the promises of God, even in the midst of the chaos of the world around us, we can indeed experience hope, peace, joy, and love. The love, the joy, the hope, the peace that Jesus brings as he comes to lighten our world. Scripture reminds us over and over that God is good and that his love, his mercy, and his compassion for us is immense. Here are a number of passages and promises from Scripture. John 10.10 Christ has come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Psalm 46.1 God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. John 8.32 You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 14.27 Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. 
Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Philippians 4.13 I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And 2 Timothy 1.7 God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. In closing, I want to come back to those two questions I started with. Where are you? And what do you want? I know where I am and what I want. It hasn't changed since I stepped out in faith and answered God's call to be a pastor. My heart's desire is that others will know that God is real. He wants you to know him. He wants to make himself known to you personally by shining the light of his love in your heart, by comforting you when you are hurting, by giving you strength when you feel weak, by bringing his peace into your anxious heart. My heart's desire is that we as a community, as his church, will continue to answer his call. To step it out in faith as a community and as individuals and shine the light of his love into the hearts of others who don't yet know that there is a peace that passes all understanding. One day, our King, Jesus the Messiah, will reign And there will be no more murder or violence, heartache or tears. One day, peace will reign. But until that day, may Jesus reign in our hearts and in our lives for the sake of others. With Jesus, there is always reason to hope. Until that day, May we join with the Apostle Paul in proclaiming Colossians 1.27. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Let us pray. Dear most gracious God, as we begin this new year, Lord, we, uh, we pause, we stop, and Lord, I want us just to sit in silence for a minute. I want us to know that you are here knocking on the doors of our hearts, asking us to rid whatever it is that stands on the way, stands in the way of our knowing that you are with us. So we sit.
and we wait for you, Lord. We ask that you continue to lead God and direct us individually and that you continue to lead God and direct us as a church. That we will not be afraid. That we will do what you were calling us to do. That we will step out in faith. That we will walk upon the water. And it is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that I pray. And all God's people said.